Hello, it's October 5 and this is On The Campaign, a daily podcast wrapping all the big stories for the election 2023 campaign trail. I'm Hamish Fletcher and I'll be your host for this episode. Later in the episode, we'll be hearing from my co-host Georgina Campbell as she takes us through the state of two electorates in her Wellington beat that the Greens are hoping to make their own. But first, Nationals' tax policy remains a topic of debate, and now the party has admitted the limited scope of their tax relief. After analysis from the Council of Trade Unions, the National Party has admitted that only 3,000 families in New Zealand will receive the full $250 a fortnight tax relief, while 1.4 million would get $30 a fortnight each. Labour's Grant Robertson said it was more evidence that National was misleading voters about its key policy. I think it's extraordinary to see an election campaign where the flagship policy of the National Party has been debunked from the left, it's been debunked from the right, it's been debunked from the centre. Labour leader Chris Hipkins called the policy a scam. National's finance spokesperson Nicola Willis defended the policy while speaking to RNZ. We've been consistent in saying that that you are eligible for up to that amount. That requires that you have childcare costs and that you would be getting a rebate on those. How much you get depends on your circumstances. If you don't have young children, you won't be getting that family boost payment, so you'll be getting income tax reduction of up to $50 a fortnight. But we've been consistent in saying how much you get depends on how much you earn. Willis later went on the offensive, hitting out at Labour's policy of GST-free fruit and vegetables, saying that the savings won't be passed on to customers, something Chris Hipkins insisted would be the case. In political announcements today, The Labour Party has said they want to introduce an anti-scamming unit, which would set out what banks do to detect and shut down scams and set out cases where banks are liable to pay compensation. The unit would sit inside the Financial Markets Authority and would be similar to units in Singapore and Australia. And for National, the party announced their aerospace policy, which includes appointing a Minister for Space and two dedicated testing zones for space and aerospace. Meanwhile, stories of abuse on the campaign trail are continuing today. Hana Rafati Maipi Clark is the Te Pāti Māori candidate for the Hauraki Waikato electorate and fourth on the party's list, putting her in a strong spot to enter Parliament. At just 20 years old, she would be the country's youngest MP in 170 years. But her short time in the political spotlight has already been marred with controversy. She has had a hoarding vandalised, her house burgled, and photos and a threatening note been left behind. Now, a man reportedly entered her house in Huntley while she was not there without invitation. They were confronted by someone inside the house and made to leave, and the police were alerted immediately. Te Pāti Māori President John Tamahiri told the Herald that My P. Clark is traumatised but will continue to campaign. A police investigation is underway into claims of harassment. Tamahiri also claimed the man in question had links to the National Party, something the National Party says they are unaware of. It is just the latest story of harassment and intimidation from both sides of the political divide this election, with multiple candidates or their leaders reporting incidents where those campaigning have been assaulted, chased or threatened while at candidate meetings or door knocking. Tamahiri has also accused National and Act of inciting some of this antagonism with their policies on Māori issues. Asked about that by RNZ, Act leader David Seymour said that all parties need to dial it down a notch. We as politicians and candidates in this election should be uniting against the acts that are unacceptable, uh, and that is the harassment and, in some cases, actual violence towards candidates, which I think it's fair to say has happened uh, to candidates from all parties, including ours. And in a bit of a blast from the past, former Prime Minister Sir John Key has weighed in on the election. 
recording a video urging voters to vote for national, not any minor parties, if they want a change in government. Imagine if we woke up on the 15th of October in limbo land. Now, if you're like me and you want something different than we've had in the last six years, then you're going to need to vote for it. To make sure National has the numbers it needs to govern well for you, without lots of moving parts, make sure you party vote National. Now, while it's unsurprising a former Prime Minister would advocate for their party, for example, Helen Clark has been vocal in her support of Labour this election. Key's comments have been criticised by independent right-leaning economist Michael Riddell as Key is the chairman of the country's biggest bank, ANZ. Banks are heavily regulated on a number of fronts, tax policy, what happens when they fail, deposit insurance, uh, so on and so forth. These are very close connections with the Prime Minister and the Minister of Finance. You know, if a bank gets into trouble, for example, uh, there's a strong expectation the government will bail them out. That might be a reasonable thing to do, but the details of that will be very contentious. There'll be a lot of money at stake. We can't have doubts in people's minds that these decisions are being made on anything other than grounds of pure public interest. We'll just take a quick break and be right back. Welcome back to On The Campaign. For the next instalment in our electorate coverage, we're heading to Wellington, where the Green Party is hoping to pick up two potential electorate seats. I'll hand over now to Wellington Issues reporter and my On The Campaign co-host, Georgina Campbell, for her analysis, starting with the seat of Wellington Central, which has been vacated by Labour's Grant Robertson. So Wellington Central has been red for a long time. The last time it was blue is a bit of a complicated story. The electorate was abolished between 1993 and 1996 and it got turned into the Wellington Karori electorate, which Pauline Gardner successfully contested for national. But then she actually left the party during that term to join United Future. Uh, Gardner then lost the seat to Act's Richard Preble in 1996 before the seat went back to Labour in 1999. So apart from this period, Wellington Central has been a sea of red for 40 years. If anybody wants to take a deep dive into the 1996 battle for Wellington Central, uh, the film Campaign is a fabulous, iconic insight into that race. The race in Wellington Central is wide open because uh, Grant Robertson is obviously going list only. So we had a really interesting poll um, recently from News Hub Nation, which showed uh, three candidates really neck and neck. So those candidates are Tamitha Paul, she's currently a Wellington City Councillor and she's standing for the Greens. Interestingly for Tamitha Paul, she is running electorate only, so she's not on the Green Party list. Uh, it's an all or nothing campaign for her. And, you know, the Greens are making a real play in Wellington, specifically Wellington Central and Rongatai. They sort of feel that there might be an opportunity to mirror what Chloe Swarbrick did in Auckland Central during the 2020 campaign. So Tamitha Paul is running a real grassroots campaign here in Wellington. Tamitha Paul has supported light rail as part of the beleaguered Let's Get Wellington Moving Transport Plan. She's also fought for more housing in the city's district plan overhaul. Um, she wants to get into Parliament where legislation can be used to make these changes happen faster. 
Um, look, she maintains that she can work with all parties, but she argues it would be even more important to have a green voice for Wellington in the context of a national act government. Uh, a national-led government is certainly, of course, um, what the polls are pointing to. Her key policies um, are more public housing and rent controls, a tax-free threshold and wealth tax, as well as a climate-safe cities. Ibrahim Omar, he's a List MP for Labour at the moment. Um, he's actually a refugee after fleeing his home country. He spent several years in United Nations-run refugee camps where he worked as an interpreter. Um, he was detained on suspicion of being a spy and it was only after the UN stepped in that he was rescued and offered the chance to move to New Zealand. He's done it real tough in terms of being able to get to where he is now. More housing is a really important issue for him. He's lived in a kainga or a home in Lower Hutt himself when he first moved to the region um, and then lived in council flats. He's also campaigning on the cost of living, affordable public transport and climate change. Uh, Scott Sheeran, Nationals candidate, he's got history as a public servant and has worked as a lawyer and has recently been overseas but has come back to contest the seat. Um, he's spent the last three and a half years working as a lawyer for the United Arab Emirates government in Abu Dhabi. So he, he very much considers that Wellington is his home, though um, he first moved here in 1999. One of his biggest concerns is that not everyone is being listened to in the city. He's also campaigning on transport, social and commercial investment in the city and increasing housing supply. So between them, the candidates are really a bunch of rookies compared to those who've previously stood in the seat. We've had quite high-profile people standing, including Green Party co-leader James Shaw. We've had now National Deputy Leader Nicola Willis uh, and as well Act Deputy Leader Brooke Van Velden. So Wellington Central is sort of known as a glamour seat. There's no doubt about it, Wellington Central is a hot race and it's one to watch this election because it's so close. I mean, if the Greens won it, it would mean they get another electorate MP, you know, following Chloe Swarbrick's win in 2020. So that would mean a lot to them. If, if Labour wins it, it, it means that they, you know, hold on to the seat, really cementing that idea that it is a red seat. If National won it and, you know, Scott Sheeran could arguably... Um, come through the ranks as the Green and Labour candidates split the left vote. Um, that would be quite the upset, I'd say, and it would be a real change for Wellington Central in terms of its representation. Another seat where the Green Party is making a big push this year is Rongatai. The current MP is Paul Eagle. Last year, he was in the running to be the next mayor of Wellington, but failed to do that. The electorate has always been held by Labour. Annette King was the member for Miramar in 1993 and won Rongatai when it was created for the first MMP election in 1996. So, of course, Eagle is leaving Parliament after he failed to win the mayoralty. He announced this year that he was stepping down as the local MP. He lost Wellington's mayoralty to the Green-endorsed Tory Farno. 
And Farno's win has also really boosted the Green Party's hopes in Rongatai as well as Wellington Central. So before Eagles' crushing loss, it was long speculated that Wellington City Councillor Fleur Fitzsimons and Paul Eagle um, would do a switch of sorts. So he would go back to Wellington City Council and she would become the party's candidate for Rongatai. And while that plan obviously didn't work out for Eagle, uh, Fleur Fitzsimons is Labour's candidate for the electorate. So she has plenty of experience. She lives there. Um, she has represented the area on Wellington City Council as a Southern Ward councillor. And the Greens are also running a strong grassroots campaign in Rongatai up against Fleur Fitzsimons with former minister and current list MP of 11 years, Julianne Genta, as the party's candidate. And then you've got the National Party's candidate, Karuna Muthu. Um, he is a self-employed lawyer and business strategist based in Strathmore Park. The Mount Victoria Tunnel uh, is a real congestion pinch point in Wellington. Uh, it's the gateway to Wellington's eastern suburbs and a long-standing election issue for the Rongatai electorate. Interestingly, National has promised to kill Let's Get Wellington moving if it gets into government and to start building the second Mount Victoria Tunnel in its first term as a fully funded state highway project. So that's a very clear policy difference between the national candidate and other candidates there. The Green Party, on the other hand, wants to prioritise light rail ahead of expensive tunnelling as a more climate-friendly solution that will decongest roads for those who need to use cars or trucks. Under the government's preferred option for Let's Get Willing to Moving, which Labour candidate Fleur Fitzsimons has to go with, um, there is a second Mount Victoria tunnel in the mix, but notably there are no additional lanes for cars. Also, there are plans for light rail from the inner city to the south, and the government has sort of suggested that they're really going to take the lead on these projects and, and try and push them along. Transport is a really important issue for this electorate, especially public transport. In Rongatai, almost a quarter of the people living there travel to work by bus, for example. It would be um, remarkable, I think, the Greens, if they manage to flip that electorate. I think they probably have a better chance in Wellington Central. I'd see um, Rongatai as a more uphill battle, but look, I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Fleur Fitzsimons is a really strong campaigner. She'll, of course, be looking to, to keep the seat for Labour. It is a red seat through and through. It would be quite the upset if she lost it. Nationals candidate Karuna Muthu, um, look, it's, it's a real long shot, to be honest, of, of him winning it. But, of course, there is a big swing at the moment away from Labour. So it will be interesting to see that how that factors into this electorate race. Thanks to Georgina for her analysis. Tonight, the minor party leaders will be squaring off in their second televised debate. Axe David Seymour, the Greens James Shaw, NZ First Winston Peters and Te Pāte Māori Rāwiri Waititi will go head-to-head in the multi-party debate on TVNZ1 from 7pm. And tomorrow, Christopher Luxon will be in New Plymouth, while Chris Hipkins intends to be in Wellington out of COVID isolation, though he noted earlier today he was still testing positive but is less symptomatic. In the meantime, this has been On The Campaign. You can follow this podcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. For more election 2023 coverage, head to nzherald.co.nz. I'm Hamish Fletcher and we'll catch you again tomorrow.